0: Hello, welcome to Feed Play Love, the bite sized podcast for parents and carers. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Today, we're revisiting one of our favourite interviews from the archive. I hope you enjoy it. We're coming to the end of mental health week, and I wanted to finish the week talking about mums mums of new babies, mums of toddlers, mums of small children. I fall into two of these categories, and I regularly feel the strain of keeping all the balls in the air. Nurturing my children, keeping on top of work, maintaining relationships. It's life, right? We all experience it, but it can affect us all in different ways. Sometimes it can impact on our mental health. Heather Irvine-Rundle is a psychologist and author of Hello Baby, and she's here to talk to us about the mental health of mothers. Hi, Heather. How are you?
1: Hi, Siobhan. Thanks for having me on the program.
0: Look, let's start with new mums. Uh, their focus is often on their baby and they may be unaware of the impact having a baby can have on their mental health and their mental wellbeing. How can new mums look after their mental health?
1: Oh, Siobhan, it's such an important question, isn't it? you make a lovely point. We're, we come into motherhood really just so excited about bringing this little being into the world and so much attention from us and the whole of our community goes on to the baby. And yet we really forget that we're important too. And so every single ounce of our energy goes into understanding what the baby needs to be, how the baby needs to feed, how the baby needs to sleep, the comfort that the baby needs. And really, if we look at it, we've forgotten to think about, okay, our sleep is probably one of the most important factors in mental health in those first few weeks, if not the first year. And really getting support for that is fundamental to how we are actually able to cope. In fact, we know maybe one in three people who are diagnosed with some type of mental health issue actually have just a sleep-related disorder. That's compounding their uh, irritability, mood state and mood swings. So we know helping mums with sleep and getting into some good practices, getting support if it's available, helping dad understand the importance of mum's sleep is fundamental. The second is our own diet. We get so focused on what our baby's eating or drinking (laughs) and how often and how much, we forget that nutrition is also fundamental to our mental health. So we really need to educate mums on how important what she's putting in her mouth is because we can think that a diet of high sugar, lots of caffeine is actually what we just need to do in order to look after the baby but meanwhile our mental health deteriorates. And then the third thing of course is you know the social support and making sure that sits around us. and. Some of us aren't blessed with having a big family that suddenly comes in and wants to help us out. So we've got to really help mums know how to make good connections and positive connections in their communities or how to use social media and online groups in order to stay connected and stay aware of what else is going on in the world or else the um, new mum's world can get very small very quickly and that can be quite dangerous if she's got a really tricky baby or she's socially isolated or other issues are going on.
0: Yeah. What if you're a new mum and you think you're going great guns, you've got that social support, you're eating well, you're getting a bit of sleep, but you have a friend who you think is struggling? I mean, I only just recently met a very good friend who had been through such an incredibly traumatic birth, but she had no idea because she said it was her first child. She said, I've got nothing to compare it to. But she talked to me through the baby was premature, the baby got sick. Um, she was in another country without social support or anything like that and still her baby's only four months old and yet I don't think that she's aware of how much she has been through I mean how do you communicate to a friend who's in that situation and you're like no this is not normal you need support you need to know that it's okay that you need support
1: oh personally Siobhan what a wonderful friend you are I mean you just you're the type of friend that everyone needs in those months, even on the other end of the phone, because it's really uh, helping this mum, and, and you can't be the, you know, the, just because you've had babies, you don't want to be the one who's got all the wisdom. You know, this mum needs to be linked in with other websites, and if she's socialised, isolated, other, um, support groups to help her to work through what it sounds to me, without knowing all of the details, that she could very well present with post-traumatic stress disorder as a result of the birth. Now, we know that as many as 17% of women may have... um, PTSD as a result of birth and um, that's slowly starting to seep into the minds and the practices of hospitals but a lot of places are still very far behind in actually saying to a mum, hey, what was the birth like? You know, how were you feeling about that? And, and and some of great research from Cheryl Beck that was done in the early 2000s showed that what a lot of uh, hospital staff see as a routine birth is actually highly traumatic for the mother. So we need to be, and you beautifully said, um, you know, the birth trauma associations that are in uh, in all uh, major uh, Western countries now. Uh, funny thing is, Jibon, that when they first started, they were all done by uh, mothers who've been through, through dramatic, traumatic births. No professionals were involved, and I think that's a great sign, isn't it, of how how far behind professionals can be, in mm-hmm. knowing what mothers need, and it's other mothers who often will know what another mother needs. That's why your connection and support is so important, but also getting them linked in with social um, social websites and other platforms to make sure she understands that her birth was somehow outside the range of
0: what's normal and and she may have a diagnosable mental health issue. do you think it's something that mothers new mothers in particular push to the back of their mind because they think well it was traumatic but my baby is alive and my baby is healthy. I just need to get on with looking after them. And so they push whatever their experience is. And, you know, I I heard her say something about um, how her baby, uh, how she, she didn't connect well because she was so worried that the baby wouldn't survive. So she didn't connect well in that first period. And it just broke my heart. And I thought, she doesn't know that that's not normal. She's pushing it back because all she can see is this, great healthy baby and she's so grateful that the baby is healthy i mean is that a problem as well in that initial stage when you've come through something traumatic you're sleep deprived you're tired but you're incredibly grateful that your baby survived that it takes a while before you realize hold on a minute that was full on
1: Oh, you make such a beautiful point, Siobhan. You're, what you're talking about is the, the, really the symptoms of trauma. And one of the symptoms of trauma is our brain wants us to survive. So what it'll do, it'll, it'll give us a little bit of um, uh, avoidance um, tactics for whatever it is that we associate as causing the trauma. Now, of course, that can mean the hospital. It can mean doctors. But by definition, it also includes the baby. So a mind is there to sort of say, what caused this problem for me? It was the baby. Therefore, I don't feel as connected with this baby. This baby hasn't brought me the joy that I'd hoped for because I'm now in all sorts of perhaps physical or emotional pain. And unless we help these mums recognize it, it's not that they don't want their baby. It's not they won't eventually love their babies, but their brain has connected with the baby with the trauma, has gone through this kind of avoidance and pushback. And once they understand that, they can normalise what they're going to say, OK, this is just a normal trauma response. Therefore, I can start doing those things that help me re-engage my brain with the idea that my baby is not the problem here. My trauma is the problem. And we can start doing some bonding work with mums and babies to make that connection again. But you point make a beautiful point that unless we get a bit more information out there about the impact of traumatic birth. Not only are these mums struggling, but they're also having difficulties bonding with their baby. So, you know, I'm hoping that this radio segment goes out to hundreds of thousands of women so we can start normalising birth trauma. As I said, because it could be as many as one in five women and we need to get the message out there about what the symptoms are and how often it's likely to occur.
0: If we could, Heather, I'd love to move on to mums who have toddlers. Um, to me, these are mums who may feel like they're in a rhythm, they're on top of things, but they still have little to no time for themselves. What would your advice be to them in terms of maintaining good mental health?
1: Well, so often, isn't it, uh, Siobhan, that we just, again, look at the needs of our children above the needs of ourselves. And we're in this interesting time in our society, in our communities, where we're trying to really say that, you know, um, mums need to do more for themselves. But we're kind of still in a a system where if we see a mum doing that, we'll still call her selfish. So I really encourage all of your listeners in your mother's group to, you know, maybe lose a bit of a chat about what, the toddlers are wearing or what school they might be going to or, or or you know maybe even what the kids are eating and really get and say to another mum hey it's really important that you take care of yourself can we do some kind of swap where maybe I'll look after your baby while you get to the gym and, and we'll do a vice versa or when was the last time that you did something for yourself and really encouraging mums to do that self-care because ultimately we know the peak time for actual postnatal depression or depressive illness in mothers is around about the age of four Wow. We used to think it was in the first year, but that recent research by the Murdoch Research Institute has shown that it's about four. So it's like this is sort of, we can, some women can hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. But then the, the impact of low self-care actually just just finds its place by, by the fourth year. And the whole system says, hey, enough, I can't cope with not prioritizing myself in my own life any longer so let's ditch this idea that we all need to be some sort of smelling mother martyr as we burn sort of on that kind of I don't do anything for myself platform and really encourage each other and ourselves to say I need to be a role model of how to take care of myself for my child and that means sometimes suggesting that my child, that it's okay for them to be in childcare, it's okay for them to be with another mum, it's okay for them to be in the creche whilst I also take care of my own needs. It's not a, it's either the care of my baby or me scenario. We can both be cared for as we move forward throughout the years of toddlerhood, you know, turning four and getting to school.
0: And, and if we can finish with mums whose kids are at school, I mean, by that stage, these women may have more children, they may be back at work, and as children get older, your plate can become full of different responsibilities. Um, And so you're pulled in many directions. And I think if there's one time that mother guilt really kicks in, it surely is when you go back to work or when you um, have other things that you need to attend to. There's lots of um, mums who'll be looking after their parents at the same time as their children. Mm. What would you say to them? Because when you... You know, when you go back to work, you have responsibilities to your employer. You still want to be there for your kids. And if your parents are elderly, they need your attention and care as well. I mean, sandwich carers, to me, seem to be in a very precarious position when it comes to their mental health.
1: Oh, you're so right. And often what we do find then is that, and I do this work a lot with um, business professionals as well, is you've got to use the moments that you can have rather than trying to find minutes in the day that don't exist. So often what I'll find is I've got um, parents and adults that will actually spend maybe an hour driving between a drop-off of a child and, you know, going looking after their parents. And they'll use that to think all sorts of stressful thoughts, think about all the things they haven't done and just, you know, tell themselves how bad they are. What if we use that hour in the car to put on some actual really great music, whatever's uplifting or put on a podcast? do some mindfulness time and actually use that to actually sort of wind down from where they've just been and then prepare themselves for where they're going next. And you'll have a whole hour of self-care that you you thought you didn't have time for in your day and suddenly you've actually got it every day. It's using those moments that we have got. Those 10 minutes before bed, we know that 10 minutes of a breathing exercise before we go to sleep or 10 minutes of mindfulness has profound effects on our psychological state. So it's not about trying to find hours that aren't there but using the hours that that are there and using them as effectively as we can.
0: Heather, you've got so much in that interview. It's brilliant. Thank you so much for speaking with us today.
1: It's been a pleasure as always, Siobhan. Thank you.
0: That's Heather Irvine-Rundle. She's the author of Hello Baby and a senior clinical psychologist at the Reed Centre. And for more information, I will put links up to Hello Baby on our website. I do think this is the book that every new mum should get. It really goes into how you can look after yourself once you have a baby. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch